Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM from South Dakota, where I'm located on assignment for Albany Farm. That's the news of the hour. Anyway, each week we discuss the Ask Brian Radio Show. Ask Brian is now five and a half years old. But people still, to this day, do not know what Ask Brian is all about. To this day, people do not understand why Ask Brian is spelled with an E. In fact, well, yesterday I was talking to somebody, and they were trying to look it up on the site, and they said A-S-K-B-R-I-A-N. Everybody that listens to this program, and everybody in the studio, and especially Emily and Patrick and Tracy, we all know that Brian is spelled with an E, and we do not understand why anyone would try spell it A-N or Y-A-N. Yes, in the olden days, that's how Brian was spelled. But that is not how you spell Brian. And no, we are not a, an Irish pub, and we're not called O'Brien. And Patrick, even though he's Irish, is not an O'Brien. But we do want to know and explain why Ask Brian Radio Show, which appears every week discussing business and helping business owners, we want to explain to everybody why we use the E. So, after many, many years, many, many trainings, I have finally accomplished that goal. And now we have Patrick to help explain why on earth we use E's and what do the E's stand for? Well, Patrick. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the uh, E stands for. <laughs> <laughs> tell us. I'll tell you. Tell us. <laughs> well, the E's, <laughs> the E's uh, stand for. Are you laughing like... at him or with him? Huh? <laughs> I asked Tracy if she's laughing at or with Patrick. She's always laughing I'm with I'm always him. with him. I'm always with him, never <laughs> at him. Always on your team. I'm team Patrick all the way. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. I'm always on your team, too. That's okay. I'm adding an I to team. That would not be team. That'd be team. No, because there's no I in team as a definition. But go uh, ahead. Fair enough. Some people well, actually want to listen to our show. <laughs> well, the E's are kind of a symbol of S. Brian, as in like kind of like a themes of the show, so to speak. Of them, uh, I think the most important one is education, because uh, we try to educate people and that we're very educated individuals as well. Well, we may try to educate people. I don't know if we're educated individuals, but thank you for the compliment. <laughs> I, I just, listen, I, I think we're pretty educated. <laughs> some, of, some of us did graduate college, if not all of us. So, there you go. I, I didn't. I just went to law school. That anyway. still counts. Uh, uh, outside of that we do have experience because everybody that's on the ask brian show is very experienced in what they do and also kind of synonymously experts because everybody that we bring on the ask brian show is an expert in their field and what is the definition to become an expert need ten thousand hours and how do you get ten thousand hours you're giving me the math again peter i don't remember math is my worst subject in school all right and that's why he became an engineer audience. He became an engineer because he didn't know anything about math. I'm going to speak to a couple of engineers today, and we'll find out. Not that type of engineer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we probably need to clarify engineer. No offense, Patty. 
<laughs> anyway, okay. for those that are slow with the math, it's 40 hours a week. And by the way, in the old days, people worked 40 hours a week. I know nowadays people are trying to work 10 hours a week, but it was 40 hours a week. There are 50 weeks in the year because you get two weeks off for vacation. That comes out to how many hours? 2,005 years, 10,000. That's why we use 10,000. However, we do make exceptions. You can become an expert on NASBrian.com and NASBrian Radio Show without having 10,000 hours. But we do find that if you have 10,000 hours and you did something 10,000 times, probably know it well enough, like Patrick. That was a lot of math you threw in there for me. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> uh, outside of... Is, is a lot spelled with two words or one word? Eh, I think... A lot of... Uh, That's what I say. <laughs> a lot of. Isn't that cute? A lot of, a lot of what? <laughs> oh, my God. What's the matter you? Yeah. All right. So what are, what are the other E's, Patrick? Well, there's enthusiasm. I know yours is also kind of synonymous. Excitement! There it is. Luckily, we can barely hear that because they're on the phone. Uh, don't tell him that because he'll just get louder next time. That was supposed to be oh, one of three of us. And Tracy, we have your favorite E. What's yours? Go for it. Okay, so my favorite E is electrifying. Grease lightning. <laughs> Grease lightning electrifying. That yeah. was country. <laughs> that wasn't grease. <laughs> Emily picked that one up. No, grease lightning. Grease lightning was not country. It was not. I'm not country. No, but I was talking not, about country. Okay, well, I'm not country. I'm southern, and there's a big difference. Just in case anybody was curious. <laughs> oh my! I didn't think Arizona was country, but okay. Yeah, I'm in Arizona. I'm not from Arizona, and I'm not country. I'm Southern. Okay, my condolences, Tracy. That has nothing to do with ease. There are some empathy. Empathy. But I will put the the emphasis on Southern because that is necessary in this conversation. So that's how I'll pull an E for that. Emphasis. Well, Patrick, are there any other E's? Well, Emily just pulled out the empathy, and then Tracy just gave emphasis. So. And I'm Emily. And she's well, an engineer. engineer. Nah. <laughs> Emily has no empathy I don't know today. People can understand that concept. <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing any more? I think we just covered like four of those in like a span of like no, two seconds. No, we're done. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You know Emily's the boss, so she says we're done. We're done. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Tracy. What I tell you each week is. Like no other station in the world. That's what KHDS is. Like no other station in the world. And now, because we had this conversation last week, Emily, now you know that's the slogan, correct? Correct. All right. All right. Well, Patrick, <laughs> thank you very much for being on today. We course, appreciate course. it. But without any further ado, and why do I like that word? A D I E U, because every single letter minus the D is a vowel. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. And so for winning today. Patrick gets da, 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 a diet coke and da, 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 potato chip. Woo-hoo. Junk right. food? You didn't want that, Patrick? That's no. Bad. I mean, how <laughs> no. do you think so? What a consolation prize. <laughs> oh, boy. Or you can get the Costco hot dog and soda for $1.50. Your choice. Door number one or door number two? Is there a door number three or can I just 
close both the doors. Just regretfully decline any prize. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, thank you very much, Patrick. We really appreciate it. Of course, course. Tracy is my co-host, for those of you who do not know. But we have a very, very good guest today. Her name is Jolene Boring. Jolene, are you there? I am. Hello. And you survived? You actually stayed through that whole shtick? <laughs> I mean, E-words are my favorite. Mine would be effervescent. Ooh, that's a good one. Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's a good one, isn't it? Well, we're going to have to add that to our show now. Effervescent. By the time we do our show, in three years, we'll be doing so many E's that we won't be able to get to the interview until after one thirty. <laughs> so, Jolene, what is your background? What are you an expert in? Well, my current expertise is in influencer marketing with an emphasis on the health, wellness, and <laughs> lifestyle <theme>. sector. <laughs> this is the theme. I, I, I see. I like it. So, I focus on um, influencer marketing, social media marketing, and that's what I'm currently up to these days. Before we go any further, not everybody understands. What does that mean, influencer marketing? I mean, what is that? Okay, so influencer marketing is when you hire a person who has a substantial following, and it could be on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. It could be any sort of social media platform. And you hire that person to help tell your product story in their own authentic voice. So this is kind of like the future of marketing in the digital realm, I would say. But it sounds to me similar to like an endorsement by a celebrity in the old days. Is there, is there any difference? You know what? That's interesting. It's similar, but there is a difference. And the cool thing about influencer marketing from both the brand perspective and the influencer is it levels the playing field. So anybody can do it. Any brand can find an influencer. There's different ways to structure it. You could give them a free product or service in exchange for a shout out. And every regular person like myself can, you know, work hard and put the effort in. And become an influencer. So I think we now have a choice. If you choose, you want to be something, you can make it happen. You don't have to be chosen by like a production agency or a talent agency. You can just go out there and make it happen, which I think is super cool for everybody involved. That sounds pretty exciting, but let's go on both sides of the coin. So first of all, Hmm. people that are looking for an influencer, how are they going to find somebody and how do they know that they're an influencer? I mean, you know, how would I find you? Okay, well, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> so one, <laughs> so this is not an e-word, but one of my core business mantras that I use for myself and with brands I work with is to be intentional. Because as we know in the marketing world, I actually previously before I did influencing full time, I was director of marketing for a couple international supplement companies. So you know the whole marketing campaign from start to finish, I am intimately familiar with, and it can go sideways really fast. <laughs> so. First thing is being intentional and really deciding what do you want to get out of this campaign and who would be the best fit. Because just because somebody has a lot of followers doesn't mean they're going to be able to have success for your particular brand. Is there a way that people can look up to find people? So not just yourself, but okay, let's say I'm looking for an influencer for the widget business. Widget business is really popular right now. A lot of people have widgets. So how would I find somebody that can influence me or influence people? to go ahead and buy my widgets? That's another great question. So there are different <laughs> um, types. <laughs> you know the right questions to ask to keep this going in the right direction. <laughs> so there's different platforms that you can go on. And I think you mentioned you've interviewed a couple um, owners or people associated with this platform. So that is a good way. It's kind of like an online marketplace for job searching or anything like that. So you could type in what you're looking for and they will have 
their own list of talents. That's one way to do it. Another way is to think about, okay, where does your target audience hang out? So for widgets, where do you think your target audience would be hanging out there? That's In court. Cool. <laughs> 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 on, on, on producer podcast, I would think. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, the widgets are not my realm. I'm like lifestyle, but we're going to work with this because I think our listeners are familiar. <laughs> Well, just do lifestyle because that's what you're most comfortable with. And we just want to educate our listeners in the best way. So go with what you're comfortable with. No, we can work with any of this. So, no, let's keep going with it. We can do a couple of even examples. At least I learn better through examples as opposed to just saying, oh, here's a theory, you know, whatever. Like, let's do some real life examples. So, okay, so you're saying your people that are wanting to be interested in the widgets are on podcasts? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so what you would do if you wanted to hire an influencer is you would look at the different podcasts in your realm and identify potentially podcast hosts who really resonate with what your brand values and mission are. And you could check out their social media as well. So it kind of, it takes a lot of legwork, but I think with your background, you're also very good at details as well, aren't you? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. That's what they paid a big buck for now. <laughs> So that's um, just finding out where you don't, I guess my point with this is the whole being intentional as well. You don't just want to try a couple things and see what sticks without really knowing where you're going. So you want to be very intentional and not just say, well, this person has a million followers or this person, you know, I like the way they look, but really think about what do they represent and are their followers educated on your brand? So for example, my followers, I mean, I don't even particularly know what a widget is. So, I mean, I don't think my followers would be the right demographic. <laughs> a widget is a fictitious item, just to let you know. Oh, okay. They use it in business school to teach uh, stuff. So, widget is basically anything. Oh, I love it. Okay, so anything. I was actually thinking maybe it's like an iPhone app or something like that, but I guess it could be. It could be. A widget can be anything. I love that. Oh, my gosh. It could be ramen that is... noodles. Okay, yeah, yeah, the ramen noodles. That's where you're at right now, right? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you don't want to be incriminated, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I had to, if I tell you, I have to kill you. So, well, good thing I'm over in Arizona. I think, I think we're. Right. <laughs> I, it, it's probably hot as Arizona where I am right now. But so, how would I find out what a fair price is to pay somebody to become an influencer? And how do you figure that out? Is there a marketplace? Okay, so this really, really varies depending on a bunch of things. And once again, it doesn't just have to do with the number of followers. And there's different ways that, like I like to say, social media really does level the playing field because back when it was celebrity endorsements, you know, paying huge celebrities millions of dollars, a lot of brands, that's way out of the realm for what they would ever do. And how do you even get an ROI on that? So we can get creative when it comes to paying influencers. You can start with offering gifting or a trade for services, and oftentimes they'll do that. Like right now, I generally don't do that since I've been... I've been an influencer full-time for about four years. So I've worked up to, a, I kind of have a set way that I do things. But a water filtration company is going to come in and change the water filters and put a whole reverse osmosis, alkaline, blah, 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 like very cool, healthy water system in my house. And that the value to me on that is worth it. So I'm going to do a trade with them. So you never know. You could definitely do a trade. That's the way to start. You can do affiliate marketing where they get a commission based on how much they help you sell. Or you can do the traditional paid amount. And 
there really is no set formula. It varies anywhere from, you know, the free to $50 a post to $10,000 a post to, you know, a million. Like it, it really does vary. But the good news in that is if it's the right fit for both of you, you can probably always work something out, whether it's a combination or just the pain or the affiliate. So there's a lot of options, which I think is really exciting in this realm. Well, I mean, what I've learned in life is win-win is the best, right? So if the influencer can feel comfortable that they got something that they wanted, and myself or whoever is using that service feels like, hey, they're going to you know, get 10,000 more viewers on my site or something, some, some benefit that I'm going to get. As long as there's a benefit to each side, those are the best solutions. That's what I've discovered in my life. So, oh, I love that. Yeah, the, the win-win for everybody. And then it's the positive experience for all. And I mean, in this realm, I've gotten to the point, too, in my life where I don't really deal well with negativity. And I've actually had to fire brands at some point if it just wasn't going in the right direction for both of us. And it, it, it's good because, once again, the being intentional, surrounding yourself with people that have common values and you're both making each other's lives and businesses better. And why can't we all make money and have fun and help people and, you know, all be about it at the same time? Well, I think that's excellent advice. So tell us what's the most valuable thing you've learned about business. So I have been referring to this already, but it is to be intentional. And one of the themes that I live with throughout my entire business career is to really choose how you spend your time because otherwise other people are going to make that choice for you. So choose how you spend your time or others will make the choice for you. That to me is so valuable to live my day-to-day and week-to-week business life. Does that mean that time is your most valuable asset? Is that the cliche that we're getting to? It is a very valuable asset. I think realizing that we have the choice and how we spend our time is the most valuable takeaway from this. Because I think a lot of your listeners are small business owners, and I've been there, and I run my own small business. People come at us from all angles, making requests. There's always a million things on our to-do list. And unless we're extremely intentional in how we spend our time, the day gets away from us. I mean, have you ever had a day when you're just like, whoa, what happened? I literally accomplished nothing, but I was busy all day. <laughs> we need to minimize hey, I mean, that's, that's a pretty productive day. I've had two <laughs> coffees today. That's like, okay, check, check. I am happy. <laughs> but I intentionally said that's my day. And, and I get to be on this awesome show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Tracy had a whole bunch of questions. She's got a checklist there. I mean, it's like three pages long. Go ahead, Tracy. Oh, is, is, this rapid? <laughs> well, okay. is this rapid fire? <laughs> no, we're not going to do rapid fire yet. That's when we do get close to break and we're running out of time. Um, so, you know, I'm curious because with every lesson learned, there's usually a story behind it, right? So was there a situation in your professional career that was an opportunity that presented itself that helped you realize that lesson of intentional time being spent? Was it, is there something specific that you can put your finger on that was that moment where you were like, this is a critical thing for me to take and absorb going forward? I had no idea you were going to ask that question, but I have a pretty powerful answer to that one. <laughs> we all have those moments in our career that are pivotal, that where we kind of realize what we stand for. But so my previous career, I was working as a geophysicist in oil and gas and, you know, living that glamorous lifestyle, traveling all over the world. I ended up living in Egypt for a while. And then suddenly in 2011, the Egyptian revolution happened and I was evacuated and I ended up homeless. So just over 10 years ago, I was literally homeless. I was sleeping on a blow up mattress in my sister's 
guest bedroom. And a week previous to that, I had been flying on private jet and all of my money was either stuck in Canada or stuck in Egypt. So I was basically, you know, kind of just with nothing. I didn't have a home. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any possessions because I'd just been evacuated. And I kind of had that moment where, oh, and by the way, this blow-up mattress that I was sleeping in, it had a hole in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Hey, like, literally <laughs> flying in a private jet the week before, doing oil and gas deals, sleeping in <laughs> a mattress with a hole in it. <laughs> so it was like the second night of this happening. It was 2 a.m. and I was wide awake trying to pump up this mattress again. And I'm like, I have nothing to lose. I have been letting other people dictate how I live my life, doing what I thought I should do, chasing the money and the prestige and all of that. And I'm pumping up this mattress and I'm like, why don't I start being intentional with my life and do what lights me up, which is health and wellness and helping people and running my own company and living in the sunshine and all the great things that I'm doing now. But it literally took me losing everything to have the courage to make that life change. So part of my passion is really to help other people, whether it's uh, business owners or friends or family or whomever, to really realize that they do have that choice to be intentional. And <laughs> they hopefully don't have to lose anything to really start using their life in a meaningful way that, that works for them. And that's different for everybody as well. So, so that, we, that was a little cool. moment. <laughs> and that's an amazing moment. And I love the hole in the air mattress that adds a little spin of creativity, <laughs> but yet factual inspiration. So then that's where the, it sounds like to me, then that's where the building block really started the foundation pieces of you building your influence or business began at that point. But, you know, a lot of people, when they see influencer or they know the word influencer and they see the glamorous life, if you will, on Instagram and other social media, they think that situation happens overnight. I don't believe that that's necessarily true. So walk us through like from the air hole in the mattress to, you know, getting $10,000 a post. Like, what was your trajectory that got you to where you are now? Absolutely. So once I made the decision, you know, health and wellness, that's my passion. I'm going to turn that into a career. I moved to Arizona. And okay, any small business owner listening right now can probably laugh at me right now at what I did. I moved to, so I'm, I'm Canadian, by the way, or I, I lived in Canada. So I moved to Arizona a place I had never lived, a place that I knew nobody in. And I started a company in an industry that I had never worked in. Is that not crazy? <laughs> no, that's not a Actually, Hold on. There's a lab term. Rest is from local. It's a legal term as, as well. It says the thing speaks for itself. But okay, go ahead. <laughs> so just having that drive and that passion, so starting up a wellness business, I'm glad I didn't know how tough it would be, but by sticking with it and knowing that it was my passion and knowing that I literally had nothing to lose <laughs> by giving it a try, I continued to really do what I loved. And I always had to course correct though, because the whole being intentional, I got sidetracked a couple of times. I'm a very hard worker. I'm a, I'm originally a farm girl from Canada. So I love working hard. Like I, that is in my bones. <laughs> so I persevered and became well-known in Arizona for my health and wellness business. And then a corporation hired me. And guess what? I was not being intentional and I took that job. So before I knew it, I was back in the corporate world again, living the life that I had said I'm not going to live. But the great thing about that is that gave me 
extra education on, I started because I was working as director of marketing, I was hiring influencers myself. And I realized that a lot of them don't do a great job. And we can maybe touch on this too if businesses are interested in, you know, how to hire a good influencer and what it's like to work with an influencer. Because I had behind the scenes as director of marketing hiring these influencers. And then eventually I thought, wait a minute, I have the education. I have the expertise. I have the work ethic. I could do a better job than these people that I'm hiring. And I tested it out for three months. I was working full time doing influence on the side. And within three months, I proved to myself I can absolutely make money doing this. And I quit my job. And that was just over four years ago. And it's just snowballed. And how did you get your first influencer brand backing you? And what, you know, sometimes I feel like it's breaking the ice is some of the hardest part to being able to then create the flow for other opportunities to come in. So what was the one thing that you did and what, who was the brand that aligned with you? It, yeah, it really is. It's, it's tough to get started, but yeah, once you do, it really starts to snowball. So I joined an online platform that I don't think is around anymore, but remember we mentioned there's, there's hundreds now of these online platforms that match up influencers with brands. So I joined one of those and it was just a gifting platform because at that time I think I had, I had maybe 5,000 followers. So I did the first influencer was just, it was a trade for a $5 product. And it was um, an oil pulling mouthwash. And I don't remember what the brand was, but I remember I held up the product and I smiled and I took a little selfie and I posted it and I felt so ridiculous doing it. But then I realized, wait a minute, if I keep doing this, I can start making money. And it was fun to bring out the creativity. So technically the answer is I joined an online platform and I used to be a member of quite a few of them. Um, But now I'm at the stage where I I more work with PR companies and brands um, on their own. So doing that is key just to do that. And then just to start, you can email brands, you can contact them, a lot of hard work, a lot of time spent. But once you start to get one or two brand deals, it just really takes off from there. So you mentioned 5,000 followers, which I think is an, it sounds like to me almost like a, a benchmark or in that case, maybe in your case at the time, now that may have changed over the last four years, but a lot of people are curious you know, what is the minimum to be able to make a foray into being an influencer? What are the kind of minimums that you need? And what are some of the requirements that some of these brands are looking for? I wouldn't say that there's a minimum number of followers specifically, because there's a lot of brands now that are realizing that micro-influencers have sometimes better results than the larger influencers. So, Back when I was starting, it was 10,000 was kind of the benchmark where once you had 10,000, you could get the swipe up feature on your stories and you could do the brand links. And that was, that was kind of the level. So I, I worked really hard just, and by the way, the, the best way to grow your Instagram if you're trying to do that is to be on the platform and to engage with other people, post on a regular basis. So a lot of it is just the consistency. And once again, the intention of, okay, what is my brand story and staying true to that theme. So people, when they go to your page, they know what you stand for. So to answer your question a little more in detail, the great thing about this level playing field now is there's no minimum number to be an influencer. I've seen people that have 500 followers get brand deals and they have great engagement. Their followers are very loyal. And isn't, isn't there some sort, is it a, I know with your business background too, is it like you need to have 100 loyal fans and then you're considered an influencer or your business can be successful? 
You know, you hear different numbers around that. I mean, I know that there's certain numbers that you have to have in order to get your own URL, personalized URL and things like that, your own channel name for your URL and things like that. But I mean, I think it really depends on what your focus is and what you want to do with those followers. And it's interesting because we mentioned podcasting before, and that's my background, broadcast radio and podcasting. And it feels like to me when you're talking about micro-influencers that podcasting has really helped put that particular type of influencer on the map. Have you utilized podcasting or do you know in the influencer network that you have in terms of leveraging podcasting, for example? That's funny. That's actually the next realm I'm going to be going more into with my own personal brand is is more in the podcasting. I've been on a couple podcasts in the past, but it's definitely something I'm pushing forward with. But I know that a lot of influencers, that is the way that they get their, or end brands too, that's the way that they get their products out there or their latest offering is podcasting. And people now in, the, in our busy world, I, I, you know better than I do, I'm sure the podcasting, keep, the numbers keep growing. People like to listen while they're driving or whatever. They don't necessarily even want to watch a video. They just want to listen to all the content they could get. So I think podcasting is a huge up and coming as well. It keeps getting larger and larger. And also one thing that I noticed when I was building my brand is, I mean, we've talked about a couple of different platforms. I made sure to focus just on one. I chose the one that I was comfortable with, most excited about, that my target audience would be hanging out on. And that's pretty much all that I did for the three months to prove it. And even up into this four years, Instagram is my, I probably spend 90% of my time on Instagram because if you focus on the one thing and you get to be known in that realm, it's much easier to be successful than if you're trying to take care of 10 different platforms at the same time. Oh, I completely agree with that. So you were mentioning before about what defines a good influencer in terms of from a brand's perspective. So you were a director of marketing, you were managing, curating influencers, if you will, and you weren't necessarily having the most positive experiences. What kind of tips can you give to someone of what to do, but almost more importantly, what not to do? Yes. This is golden here because I see this a lot with brands that I work with as well. Oftentimes, I'm one of the first influencers they've hired or they've had bad experiences. And a lot of brands just go out there and they randomly choose someone or they choose someone with a lot of followers. It's not the right fit for their brand. So the first question you want to ask between both the brand and the influencer is, why are you good fit together? Really thinking about that. So from the brand's perspective, looking at the influencer, this person is going to be representing their brand. So even taking a look at what are they posting in their day-to-day life? If you're a brand that promotes wellness products, you want an influencer that also posts pictures of them smoking and partying and stuff like that. Maybe yes, maybe no. You know, that's up to you to really think about this person is an extension of your brand. So really be mindful. Do they stand for what you stand for? So that's probably one of the biggest things to think about. And then the second one would be to define the goals of the campaign. Because I've had brands where they send me the product, they send me the check, and then I'm like, well, what are we doing? And (laughs) they just kind of leave it in my hands, which is fun for me in a way, but do I know if the brand is deciding their goals and if they're achieving what they want to achieve? So being, once again, very intentional with what is the goal of this campaign and communicating that with the influencer back and forth to make sure you're both aligned because, I mean, as we know, if you don't know where you're going, you don't even know if you're successful or not, and then you just hope you're just hoping. So, Jillian, you've shared so much great information with us. Tell our listeners what's next 
for you? What's next in the trends for influencers and what's next for you as an influencer? Cool. Thank you. This has been so fun. Let's see. Trends for influencers. Definitely think the micro-influencers are more up and coming, getting a lot more brand deals. And for myself, I've got a couple of really fun brands I'm working with that I cannot mention right now. And I'm also designing my own fashion activewear line, which will be coming out in the next couple of months. And thirdly, I'm also consulting for different companies and businesses, helping them really get their social media marketing strategy solid and helping them find influencers as well. Well, that's very exciting. I know that people would really love to get in touch with you about any of those different areas. What is the best way for our audience to reach out to you? Absolutely. I'm on Instagram at Jolene Goring, and my website is JoleneGoring.com, or you can email me, Jolene at JoleneGoring.com. And let's just give a quick quick spelling for that since we're audio and make sure that people know how to spell it correctly. Yes. J-O-L-E-N-E-G-O-R-I-N-G. That is fantastic. Well, we wish you every success, and we look forward to seeing what those new brands are that you're going to be representing coming out. And if you want to re-listen to this show or if you missed part of it and you want to grab any portion of this show, we encourage you to... Go to your favorite listening platform, wherever you listen to your podcast, and download, follow, and listen to the Ask Brian podcast. And, of course, that's A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N podcast. And when you're doing that, we would love it if you would head over to Apple and leave us a review and give us that five-star rating that everybody strives for. So if you love us, give us a five-star rating. If you don't, message us directly and tell us how we can do things better. (laughs) But uh, do download the Ask Brian podcast, and you can listen to all our previous episodes as well as this fantastic episode on becoming and being an influencer. Well, thank you very much, Julie. We appreciate your time. Tracy, thanks a lot. You listen to Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220, 98.1 FM. Until next Thursday, until 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we're over and out. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit AskBrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's AskBrien.com.